Monumental Sports and Entertainment, along with Pressbox, presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this Saturday, the 8th of February, 2020. And it will be our last Saturday program when there's not baseball going on. Of some kind, of yes. Of some kind. Yeah, absolutely. Whether we're practice or, or uh, practice. regular season. <laughs> How are you, Craig Heist? I'm good, Stan. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, before we talk, uh, you had an exciting game last night down in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Wizards and Mavericks. Wizards. Yeah, yeah, Wizards, Mavericks, and it came down to the end, and the Wizards trailed pretty much throughout the game, uh, but they got in the fourth quarter to where uh, they hit a couple of threes, and uh, Davis Pertance, in particular, who will be part of the three-point shooting contest uh, at the NBA All-Star game, uh, he, he had a couple of threes that put him up, and uh, they took about a four- or five-point lead. And uh, it, basically what it came down to was the game was tied, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. drove the, 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 the right side of the court, and uh, he was fouled, so he went to the free-throw line, and uh, it was uh, two shots, and he missed the first or actually missed the first one, made the second one, and so the Wizards were down by one, one eighteen to one seventeen, one eighteen, one seventeen with with one point eight seconds to go, and uh, they had the ball out of bounds. And Troy Brown Jr. threw a fabulous inbound pass to Bradley Beal, who uh, you know give Brad all the credit in the world for for getting open. Yeah, he got the ball, little reverse layup, and uh, they won the game with point two on the clock. But the Mavericks kind of fell asleep defensively didn't take care of the business that they had to take care of with the ball coming that, out of bounds. That does sound like they didn't yeah. take care of business. All right, but the Wizards win that one. Um, here's what we've got on the show today. Rich Dubroff, we wanted to grab him before he heads down to spring training. He also, I think, covered the uh, the uh, caravan yesterday, yeah. the Birdland Caravan, uh, which is traveling to a city near you today, and we'll try and uh, plug what they're doing today. Do you Do you know where they're at today? I do not know where they're at today right. without looking it up. I've got to look it up, that. too, but we'll we'll look it up and give them a couple plugs on that. Uh, Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com joins us at 1020. Josh Soroka, our old friend, who has moved uh, from uh, Maryland down mm-hmm. to St. Augustine, Florida. He's down there, but he's still doing Section 336. Um, and Bill Latson of MLB.com will join us at 11.05. Matt Slatus, our old friend who was the general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds past three seasons, he is now the stadium manager or general manager of the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, which hosts, ironically, the world champions and the cheaters. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm telling you right now, the first week... Of spring training down there. They got to get those trash cans. Well, no, well, well, no, they should be. It should be very interesting because you have the story of the Nationals coming off their World Series win 
And then, obviously, without Anthony Rendon and trying to piece together a team that can compete again, and then you have on the other side all the questions that are going to be rampant with this organization the rest of the year. And their new manager and their, being the, the Dusty ex, Baker, yeah. the ex-manager of the Nationals. Yeah. Yes, so a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, drama, if you will, at the at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. All right. Well, Matt Slatus is going to join us. We'll keep him out of the fray. He made. First of all, I'm not getting him on the show to talk about the no, controversy. No, but let's he just says give, to me, I can't talk about the... No, no, but let's just give him a batting helmet and let him <laughs> go about his business. We'll ask him how the trash cans are aligned there. Um, and then our last guest today, one of the really good guys and good beat writers around the game of baseball, Mark Zuckerman, uh, will join us of Masson to talk about the Nationals as they prepare to... Um, What's it called? Uh, defend their world title. Yeah, defend the defend the World Series championship, and uh, you have to feel like everybody's going to be shooting at them this year, as is the case with uh, most champions. Yep. So, hey, before we uh, get to that. Oh, by uh, the way, one more thing yeah. before we uh, get really into baseball. Yes. This last night was pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, I was go- I was just getting ready to ask you that. Maryland wins. Uh, what's it? Their sixth straight win. Six straight win. Third straight on the road. Nine and three now in the in the Big Ten and in sole possession of first place. Yeah. And they've got Northwestern coming up on Tuesday. Then they'll uh, take on Michigan State and East Lansing on Saturday. That's next Saturday. Yeah, a week right, from today. Is that a day game? or uh, That'll be a day game. Okay. Um, yeah, Maryland is playing some good basketball, and that's exciting. And, look, all we want out of that team is to make a run, a real yeah, run. absolutely. Not get into the tournament, win one game, lose the next. Win two games. Make yeah, it get exciting. To the, get to the Sweet 16. Yep. Take your chances from there. A yep. lot of it. A lot of it. When you get to the tournament, is is uh, who you're matched up against. And I'll tell you one thing: if Jalen Jalen Smith continues to play the way he does, yeah. or he has over the past six, seven games, they've got a uh, they've got an interesting chance. I'll tell you that. Well, they so. do. An eleven and eleven last night, and that was coming off of. 14, 15, and 6 blocks against Rutgers, right. the last home game at Xfinity. Right. Center. And these two teams, are Rutgers and Illinois, are legitimate teams. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Rutgers is no joke. They're not ranked. But, uh, but they were going into that game. Well, they yeah, twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, twenty fifth. And last night Illinois was twenty. Right. Uh, coming in. So again, well, they're uh, taking care of business. Yeah, they are. All right. Um, what else is going on? Um, I wanted to get so I wanted to get your opinion because um, it's the, the first time we've talked together since Dusty got that job uh, with the Astros. I know you're very fond of Dusty, and I, I don't I don't know him, but I'm very fond of him too. I've always liked Dusty Baker. Uh, your thoughts on him being the guy that can put out the right message of um, you know cross between being positive about the team he has, but but hitting on the right chords about what that that team did it wasn't his team mm-hmm. but it is now his team. it is now his team and he's got all the players from that team uh that are still left so uh, i just think and it didn't even have to be dusty baker it could have been buck showalter for me i thought, I think Duck, either, I thought either of those guys would be a good choice either of those guys would have been a good choice for not just the managing of the ball club and the day-to-day baseball things that go on but more you know 
The culture. Taking the hits. The, taking, taking the hits. The culture has to change, obviously, down there. And uh, I think Dusty's the right guy at the right place right now. And this will be his last, you know, go-round. <laughs> and, and a chance to maybe get a, a World Series ring legitimately. <laughs> they, said uh, that, they said that at the time he took the Nats job that would be right. his last yeah. ride. Yeah, you know, never but, know. Uh, who knows? Uh, Dusty seems to have more lives than uh, a cat. No question about it. Um, I'm getting the sense from different players that I hear pop up, like Mike Clevenger a week ago, and now some others uh, listening to XM uh, Serious Baseball, you know, the baseball channel, that there's starting to be some real blowback that that players that weren't on the Astros feel that these guys do really owe the game and the fans and their their contemporary players a bit more of an apology than they're acknowledging right well, now. Well, I don't think there's any question about it. And it turns out that now they're, they're, they're zeroing in on the person who they think was the start of all of this, which right. was the intern who came up with the program. The in- oh, wait the, a minute. The Paul's intern. not an intern. That's right. Okay. That's right. I'm sorry. The intern who came up with the program. Right. And, you know, uh, Crane said yesterday that, uh, you know, he knew about this program. He saw the demonstration of the program, but he never in any way thought well, it was. What was the name of the program? Operation. God. Oh, God. I can't, I'll have to look it up. Codebreaker. Codebreaker. Code there you go. Codebreaker. Code and, you know. Thinking of changing my fantasy baseball team to that. Yeah. Code, and that, that'll, that'll work like the rest of them. <laughs> well, did you guys. Did yeah. you guys see the interview last night with Tom Verducci and AJ Hinch? And he, yeah. No, I, I heard part of it on the radio. I he didn't. Was, I wanted to. He, I wanted to see it, good. but like I said, I was covering a he, game last night. He's, I never. He's the one person out of everybody that is hitting the correct chords now. Mm-hmm. Again, much much easier to hit the correct chords when you actually have lost a job. Uh, you may sort of come look in the mirror and go. Boy, I'd really like to be managing the Houston Astros this year and getting paid, but I got fired for for cause. It's easier to look in the mirror and see what you did. These players haven't had to suffer any penalties yet, right? At all. And you know, it's funny because uh, one of the one of the greatest players of all time came out this past week and said, you know, I think players should be suspended and some some of them banned. For what they did, and that was Hank Aaron. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think uh, certainly like we saw with the steroid era and the, and the people who were implicated with PEDs, uh, a lot of the older school baseball players who are obviously retired Hall of Famers, right. they have an issue with this, and, well, they should. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that they should. Um, again, the guest list today, Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com, Josh Soroka, Section 336, Bill Latson of MLB.com, Matt Slatus of the Stadium of the Palm Beaches, and Mark Zuckerman of Masson. And uh, we just uh, confirmed with Mark that uh, he's ready to go at 1135. All righty. I, li- I like the sound <laughs> of that. Yeah. want to remind you that um, – this hour of the Battle Round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. We are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios, and we'll let you know that uh, real barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskey 
and microbrews. That's right. When you come to Blue Pit Barbecue in Hamden, you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area. All made fresh and smoked every single day. Open for lunch and open late. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to this website, bluepitbbq.com, bluepitbbq.com for menus and direction. We had our holiday party at Blue Pit this year, and it was about 20 people. Couldn't have been happier. Jim Henneman made out like a bandit. It seemed like every prize that was good he got. You know, well, we were giving away prizes, yeah. and Jim Henneman just kept winning. Well, Henny's a winner. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Um, Craigie, uh, yes, the Washington Nationals. I know we're going to have Mark Zuckerman on 1137, but we've got a couple minutes now. How do you think, grade Mike Rizzo on how he did uh, building, you know, sort of rebuilding a team capable of winning a championship? I give him a good solid A for yeah. what he did in the postseason. I mean, once they knew for sure that Anthony Rendon wasn't coming back, uh, you got Starlin Castro, you wind up uh, getting his Drupal Cabrera back. Uh, there's a good possibility of platoon there with, with Zimmerman and, and also uh, Howie Kendrick. But now Eric Thames is in the mix. And uh, that's a good left-handed bat off the bench with a lot of power, a lot of power, and that will uh, certainly, you know, replace what they lost with Matt Adams. Uh, he's signing a minor league deal with the Mets last week, so uh, I think that uh, when they go into spring training, uh, they're going to give Carter Keboom every opportunity to win the third base job, and uh, I think everybody in this organization thinks he will hit. And, and produce runs and, 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 you know, have some pretty decent right. power numbers, not to the extent of Anthony Rendon by any means, right. but certainly uh, contribute to this offense. He'll the, keep the, his head above water. The biggest thing for him is to be able to go in there and play solid defense. If he does that, that means that Dave Martinez, in my mind, can have a little bit of a longer leash with him because, you know, you're, you, yeah, pitching and defense is what wins you games on a consistent basis. Uh, so if he goes in there and he plays good defense – uh, I think he has a shot at winning. He's going to be given the opportunity. I, I think that they have a real interesting opportunity to do a little bit with him, what the Orioles did. And I'm not saying that he is dot, being thrown into the deep water, but, but the position change makes it a little bit more difficult to, to do everything right. But I think they have the opportunity to do with him what the Orioles did with Richie Martin last year, mm -hmm. is throw him out there. And if he's if he's swimming, great, just keep playing him. But if he's sinking a little bit and the defense is off or the defense is better and the offense is suffering a little bit because he's emphasizing the defense, day off Astrubal Cabrera plays. Oh, but, sure. But, you know, in other words, keep the pressure off of him. The pressure is going to be there all the time. But let him decompress for a day or two here and there. Right, I think so. And, and I mean, like you said, as Dribble Cabrera, certainly an option uh, to spell him over there. Uh, Castro, even though he may not be uh, the best option, did play 44 games last year with the Marlins at third base. Yep. So, uh, again, a lot of flexibility, a lot of different ways that can work this. And it'll be interesting to see how, to get Mark's thoughts later on in the show about how he thinks it'll all kind of shake out and what 
what they're looking for in spring training going forward in terms of how they're going to divvy up the playing time. Here's the big thing that I see with them, and Paul, you feel free to jump in on this too. Uh, the one thing, though, is in two years they lost Bryce Harper, who was historically a 35 home run guy, 35 to 40 home run guy. Now they've lost Rendon 25 to 30, and I think he had plus 30 last, yeah. last year. Where's the, and 129 RBI. <laughs> where is the power? I'm not worried about RBIs as much as where where are the home runs going to come from? Well, I think the home runs will come uh, a little bit from Trey Turner. Right. Another year, another chance to get a little bit bigger, if you will. But, the you know, he's capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Eric Thames is certainly capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Right. You know, if Ryan Zimmerman's healthy, I think Ryan's a big key to this because mm-hmm. you need him to kind of stay healthy. And, uh, you know, if he, if he plays – 40 games a week at first base, uh, and, and can come up with 300, 400 at-bats, I think you're going to see pretty decent numbers out of Ryan Zimmerman. But the whole idea with that is keeping him healthy and on the field. Well, I think that you're definitely going to see the offense take a step back. You're not going to be able to replace a guy like Anthony Rendon in that lineup. Um, you may have a couple of guys that you have that come in that might be able to put up some of the production, but you're going to need guys like Carter Keyboom and Trey, Trey Turner to step up. And Bryce Harper, that was replaced last year by Juan Soto, right? And that, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a guy who's going to match the cover off the ball, and he's only going to get better. I just, I, I would not be surprised in the least to see that offense maybe take a step back and, this year. Well, you know, and there's other things they can do. There's been a lot of talk about moving Trey Turner out of the leadoff spot down to the third spot uh, in the lineup. I'm not so sure I like that. Yeah, who's going to lead off? As then? far as taking, well, Adam Eaton could right. lead off. Yeah, I mean, in terms of taking that one-two punch out of the top of the lineup, but again, they're going to figure out some things in spring training and you know maneuver around with some different lineups. Uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, I, I think that uh, when you can throw the four guys that they can throw out there uh, and whoever wins that fifth spot, uh, whether it be Fetty, whether it be Joe Ross, uh, or you know any of them, uh, it'll be interesting whether it's Austin Voth. Uh, the, if you can throw one through four out there like they can throw, I mean, that's going to go a long way to winning games. You have any concerns about Max Scherzer going into camp? I don't think so. I mean, I think Max knows his body pretty much, and uh, uh, from what I, everything he says, he's healthy and ready to go. All right. Sounds good. <clears throat> uh, we're going to be joined by Rich Dubroff in just a minute. We want to remind you, if you are watching us on Facebook Live, will you do us – hey, can you do us a favor? <laughs> Can you? Can you? Uh-huh. Just do us a favor. Ladies and gentlemen, the stand the fan begging <laughs> part of the show. <laughs> no, the, the quid pro quo part All of right, the show. Enough. All right. Please like the show and share the show on Facebook Live. All right? It really does help us. We appreciate it. Uh, like and share the show. Joining us right now is a reason to like and share the show, if there's ever been one. It's my old friend and... Uh, I sit next to him at about 70, 60 games a year. He's my friend Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com. Back for another year. Rich, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Dan. How are you? All right. I want to tell you something. You missed out last night on a, just a great Wizards win. Yes, but I uh, I had some uh, Orioles commitment. Well, I, 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 understand, I understand you did, but uh, did you get a chance at all to see the ba- the, the end of that game? Well, I was trying to to I was trying to punch it up on my phone, but it kept uh, it kept freezing. Yeah. So eventually, eventually, I'll see it. 
Uh, let's start with the caravan. Uh, you you were uh, did you go to the Green Turtle in White Marsh? Is that where I, you went? I did. And what kind of crowd did they have? Well, I actually didn't go in the Green oh, Turtle because okay. they had such a big crowd. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, yeah, they had a, a very big turnout, uh, and people seemed very excited. People seemed very excited. Uh, buy it. I, I couldn't estimate the number of people that were there, but it was, uh, you know, but they, they filled the, they filled the restaurant and they were very, uh, very enthusiastic. Did you get a chance to talk to Brandon at all? Or was yes, just I to... did. That's what I wrote about this morning. Okay. On BaltimoreBaseball.com. Uh, yeah. Right. You are. And, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked about the, the 66 players that the Orioles have in camp and he's, uh, he, he thinks that that's that number is fine. Uh, that number is not too unwieldy. What is that, the what is that number usually, Rich? You're down there every year, fifty five more like. Uh, in the high when Buck was there, yeah, he never liked to go over fifty eight because that's the number of lockers they had. Okay, in the they have in the main clubhouse, so he would uh, occasionally it would tick up to fifty nine or sixty, but they they tried to keep it. Uh, no more than 60. And I think the Orioles had 60. Uh, they may have had 62 or 63 last year. But 66 is a big number. And I, but I looked it's and I saw the Phillies number, have, six, the the Phillies have 69. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite number. Exactly. But 66 is my lucky number. Go ahead. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, here's my question for you. As, as you head down there this coming week and you – start to see uh, first pitchers, catchers, then with the position players coming in. Uh, how many spots are open for competition, and, and what do you expect that competition to be like? I think there are many spots that are open uh, you know, open for competition, Craig. I mean, I think that basically on the 13-man pitching staff, uh, you know, half the spots okay. are, half the spots are open. I think one of the catching spots are open, uh, a couple of infield spots, and uh, an outfield spot or two. So I, I think that you know I, I think that uh, you have you know, maybe half the club is is not for certain. You know, is not for certain. But I think what's interesting this time that the level of talent that they're bringing into camp overall is higher than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's going to translate into, uh, you know, into a much better team on opening day because I think a lot of that talent is potential talent that you'll see later in 2020 or in 2021. Well, I think uh, obviously pitching is a is a big deal in terms of winning baseball games. Here's how thinking... big here's how big a deal it is because I wrote something for Press Box. You know they had and Rich is I'm sure knows this. They had 57 games last year that they lost by three runs or more, mm-hmm. 40 times by five runs or more. Uh, Not only just, did I know that, I yeah. saw that. I, I experienced <laughs> yeah. that. We we painfully <laughs> saw that last year. Yes. So and, and as Craig would say, and as Craig would say, the, you know sometimes the games were not quite as close as the, the score, score indicated. <laughs> right. Exactly. So my point is when piggybacking about where Craig was going is just if they can knock that earned run average down. I mean, it's easier said than done. Last year's earned run average was five, six, nine. If they could knock that down to 4.8 and have the starters give you a little bit better games, 
and that would rest the bullpen a little bit, believe it or not. I, I mean, I could see them playing closer games, and that's one of the ways you, you can judge whether the team is getting a little bit better. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think that I think that the team, the, the way you judge that the team is getting a little bit better will be, you know, on October 1st, if you can think, oh, they have six or eight guys that they can go forward mm-hmm. with. That's how you can judge if the team is getting better. I think the team showed that it was getting better uh, on, you know, October 1st, 2019, when you looked and you said, oh, Santander. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he showed something. Hunter Harvey, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Hayes, John Means. You know, four guys that you took out of the season that you didn't have going in that you could go forward with. That's now, a, yeah, of course, that's they're a good measuring to, stick. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but my to to where where Stan said I was going. What I was going to ask you when you look at trying to piece together a starting staff. I think we know a good bit about the players, but the fact that Alex Cobb has said that he's uh, healthy and ready to go, and uh, that Brandon Hyde has seen him throw uh, now here in the off season. That has to be a pretty encouraging sign, I would think. Well, you would ho- you know you would hope. I mean, if they don't have a- if they don't have a healthy Alex Cobb, they're in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, they may be in bi- they may be in big trouble anyway. <laughs> but uh, but a healthy out Al- but a healthy Alex Cobb is an absolute necessity uh, because. You start with you start a staff with Means and Cobb, and if Asher Wojciechowski is your third starter to, to begin the season, well, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, things aren't they, you know thing, things aren't absolutely wonderful in Birdland, right? And then you get one injury to Means or Cobb, and all of a sudden it's really catch right. as catch can. Let me ask you, following up on that. Rock wrote it about two and a half weeks ago. I apologize. I didn't see whether you did or not, that they're still willing to spend to get one more veteran pitcher. I was at an event with Mike Elias the other night just as a guest, uh, not the MC. Rock was MCing, but he alluded to that again. Isn't Andrew Kashner a fairly decent fit for what they're looking for? Yes, and I've written it several times. Okay. Uh, I've written it several times in the off season. Andrew Kashner is a decent fit. And, yeah, and there are other pitchers who I thought would have been decent fits who I thought they should have gone after as, uh, you know, sort of placeholders. What do you but think the status of that is? The, you know, I, think that, or... I think that they don't want to pay him what he – I think they don't want to pay him what he wants. Right. right. Uh, and I think that they're going to have to, you know, make a decision. One thing that's interesting here, I mean, you know, one uh, reader wrote to me, this week and asked me about Taiwan Walker. Yep. Uh, well, wouldn't that be a good fit for yep. the Orioles? Yep. Well, there were 20 teams apparently that watched him throw the other day. Well, the Orioles don't get, these Orioles don't get into bidding wars yep. over right. players. So if there are multiple teams interested in the player, they're probably not going to, you know, they're probably not going to outbid them. But in the words of uh, Buck Showalter, mm-hmm. They'll try and out opportunity them. Yeah, that's a good point. Trey Mancini, uh, obviously, you know he bounced back from a kind of a disappointing year a couple of years ago to to to, to put up some really good numbers again. And uh, I think this is the at least you know for me the one constant on this team 
that you, you feel is going to be a reliable kind of guy in the production you're going to get, what you're going to get on and off the field. And uh, just how much do you think he means to this team now going into another year of his career, Rich, to where he should take another step up? Well, it's going to be interesting this year, not only with him, but with a lot of players to see if they will uh, if they will duplicate their offensive numbers from a year ago. Because I think that looking back, when we look back at the end of 2020 on the season, a big question is going to be, were those numbers in 2019 put up by Mancini, Renato Nunez, other players, aberrations? Mm-hmm. You know, was the was 2019 just a, a fluky uh, offensive year? But I think that, you know, even if he doesn't have those huge, huge numbers, if he just, hit, you know, if he just hits well, uh, I mean, because there, you'd love to see him, uh, you know, you'd love to see him hit 35 home runs and drive in 100 runs and bat 290 or above every year. But even if he hit you know, 280 and had 20 homers and 80 RBIs in a, a more historically uh, normal uh, offensive season, then I, I think that he would be still, you know, still an offensive leader. But he is so important to the team in many, many ways. And uh, and to us, you know, we know him as the sort of the go-to guy in the clubhouse, the guy who who sort of speaks for the club when things aren't going well. Right. When the Orioles lost 23-2, to two, who did we go to? Well, Trey Mancini. Right. And I, I think every team needs a guy like that. And I, I think he's very important to the club. That way, uh, he's a solid citizen who's involved in you know community uh, affairs. And he's really a good guy to to have around. We're talking to Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com. By the way, the Orioles today, the meet and greet at Turf Valley Resort in Ellicott City starts at 11 a.m., goes till noon. Mike Elias, Hanser Alberto will be there in the Turf Valley Resort Cameo Ballroom at 2700. That sounds pretty elegant. Yeah, it is elegant. It's owned by the Mangione family. Turf Valley, 2700 Turf Valley Road, Ellicott City, Parking available at the location. Then at 1 to 2, meet and greet in downtown Annapolis with Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, and Ryan McKenna today at 1 to 2 at the Susan Campbell Park, 1 Dock Street, Annapolis. And it doesn't end there. They've got one more appearance today, a happy hour at Calvert Brewing Company in Upper Marlboro. Let's go to that one. <laughs> with, uh, that sounds good. With Mike Elias, Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, Brian Roberts, Hanser Alberto, and Ryan McKinney. That one will be two hours, four to six, to Calvert Brewing Company, 15850 Commerce Court, Upper Marlboro, as the Birdland Caravan continues. All right. The big albatross in the room, obviously, is Chris Davis again. Contract trying to get something squared away that he can put up some numbers and maybe not to what we were accustomed to before, but certainly to be a productive player. Uh, he, he came out with a statement that talked about, you know, he's doing, he did a lot of things to bulk up and things of that nature, but he's not really changing his swing all that much. What do you make of that, and what do you expect from Chris Davis going forward? Well, he said that actually uh, initially, 
in November uh-huh. when he was uh, when he had made a, a large donation to the University of Maryland uh, Children's Hospital. He said that he didn't plan on uh, you know on making over his swing, and I know a lot of people have uh, you know hopped on that, and that's been you know he's re- you know he's reiterated that. Uh, I, I think it's obviously a crucial season for him. He's 34 years old. He wouldn't. Sorry, he will be 34 years old by the time opening day comes along. What's different about Davis's situation this year is he enters the season with the Orioles still owing him 93 million. Yeah. Of that 93 million, 51 million is in present day dollars. He's going to be paid 17 million dollars in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And then he's owed $42 million in deferred money, which begins in 2023. When you get to the middle of July, the amount of money the Orioles owe him in deferred money will, be exceed, greater than, yeah. will exceed the amount of money they owe him in present-day dollars. So that may change, you know, that may change some thinking on Davis' uh, no, later on in the season. Rich, uh, not only will that be taking place, so far the club, the way it's been structured talent-wise, he hasn't really been blocking anybody of note. There's Correct. a possibility come June 1st he could be in the way of a Mountcastle call-up. Uh, and I'm st- I'm giving Mountcastle about a 15 20% chance to make the team out of I camp. would give him a zero. I would give okay. him a zero. Percent. You're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, but but June first or June fifteenth, that could go up precipitously. That could also impact Davis's situation. Sure, but you know it's funny. We said last year that when Mark Trumbo was hurt, right? That well, you know, when Mark Trumbo comes back, uh, yeah. it'd be hard to see them having both Trumbo and Davis on the same club. And it turned out that Trumbo didn't come back till September, right. and, it didn't ma- and it didn't matter. So, uh, as we know, Stan and Craig, things don't things almost never go the way that we think they will. They don't go according uh, think, to Hoyle all the time. <laughs> yeah, they think that the or, or or go you know according to Heist. Yeah, yeah um, according to Heist. Yeah, uh, but uh, but you know you're right that last year he wasn't blocking anyone, and this year I mean there's you smell the uh, and there's, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Mount Castle. Yep. But there could be, you know, an injury, uh, you know, an injury to somebody else that makes it uh, likely that they that they hold on to Chris. Another thing that's changed this year that it's going to be it's going to be fascinating is is the roster rules because we don't know yep. how they're going to work. I mean, we know the rules that you have twenty six players, but you know, forever. We have looked forward to September first and said, "Oh well, you know now they can bring up some guys and, and and watch them. You know we can just watch them play. They can only bring up two players in right. September, and so we may see if they decide to bring up players in September. We may see that as a a time when they make radical changes. Because mm-hmm. let's say you know you have all these really good young pitchers that they." That they're looking at Keegan right. Aiken and Dean Kramer Bowman. and Zach Lo, you know Zach Lothar, Alex Wells, Bruce Zimmerman, a lot of those guys. Uh, if they want to take a look at them, 
you know, they're not going to have the room. They're going to have to let guys. You know, they're going to have to let guys go. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, to see how that works. And we've never been through that before. We just have you for a couple more minutes, and we appreciate it, Rich. When do you leave for Sarasota? Monday. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Monday Monday morning. If you know fans want to come to the gate to wish me well, then you know that's uh, <laughs> that's fine. I, I'm not going to release my uh, my flight information. <laughs> Rich, uh, let me ask you about one player who I'm still intrigued by because the body of his work at the minor league level says to me that this guy can hit, and that's Chance Cisco. What are you hearing about what he's done? this offseason it sounds like he's done some work at one of these academies and he's also sort of reshaping his body a little bit uh what do you think well i think that he's somebody who has to prove it at the major league level he's gotten opportunities in 2018 opportunities in 2019 and things didn't go real well for him he's not done well as a catcher and people say, oh, well, let's just put him at second base. They don't have a second baseman. <laughs> well, doesn't necessarily, as you know, work that well. Yeah. Uh, so this is a huge season for him. He's not guaranteed to make the ball club. Nope. They, have an, uh, they have an interesting uh, veteran catcher who they signed, Brian Holiday. Uh, and I'm not sure if he has a uh, an opt-out yet. I would assume he did. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's not a sure thing that Chance Cisco. Uh, makes this team. He's probably favored to make this team, but uh, a year from now, we're going to be talking about Adley Rutschman. Right. And you know, Adley Rutschman, they want to be the catcher for a long time, but he's going to need a backup. He's going to need a backup catcher. And if Chance Cisco can present himself as a decent catcher, which he hasn't, he has not presented himself uh, as agree. a good major league catcher yep. yet. Yeah, uh, and the Orioles have a lot of DH types, <laughs> you know, a lot of first base DH types, outfield types. So uh, he's going to have to really prove himself in in 2020 because he is not a Mike Elias draft pick. He came from the previous administration. The Orioles are giving long looks to to those guys, to the to the guys who they inherited, who uh, who have uh, ability. Like Santander, like San, like Santander, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna look at him and then DJ Stewart, and that's another guy who's who has a big year coming up. He's, but he's injured, if they don't, though, they're right? not good. He's not going to be ready for for spring training. Not, to start. Okay. But but if those guys if those guys don't produce in 2020, uh, they won't be here in 2021. Last question, Paul Valley, our producer extraordinaire. Well, Rich, speaking of Chan Sisko, uh, the last two springs he's torn the cover off the ball, uh, really mashed out a lot of power last spring in particular, but then he comes to the major league level, hits 188, he hits 210. What can he do at spring training to show himself, improve himself? Because you would think he's already done that the last two years, but it just hasn't translated. He'll have to show himself as a better catcher. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the offensive numbers, well, they're not great. Even though his on base percentage is actually um, not off, is not awful. Look at the look at the number of runners he's thrown out stealing. Now, in spring training, the running game is not a big deal. I mean, teams don't steal teams don't steal a whole lot. 
But that's what he has to show. If he can show that he's an acceptable major league catcher, then you know, then they either have a possibility of a of a piece, or you know, he becomes a trading uh, chip. But you know, the way he is now, unless he improves defensively and offensively, then uh, you know, then they have some uh, other options besides him. All right, Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com really become a fixture in Baltimore over the last eight, nine years. Well, that's because covering... they can't move. That's because they can't move me. Well, yeah, well, your contract uh, is not easily movable. There's no question. No, about. there's a lot of deferred. There's, there's, there's a lot of deferred money. <laughs> on <it>. <laughs> <laughs> but do we still owe any of it? <laughs> do, uh, seriously, uh, we appreciate it. Have a safe uh, trip down to Sarasota. I'll see you early March, and we'll get you on the show once the season starts. All right? All right. Thanks very much. Thank My you. pleasure. All right. That's Rich Dubroff. Again, by the way, uh, before we do our commercial break, uh, Craig Heist, and tell people about the Costas Inn, meet and greet starts at 11 o'clock this morning, goes till noon at the Turf Valley Resort Cameo Ballroom, 2700 Turf Valley Road, Ellicott City. And then at 1 o'clock, there's a meet-and-greet in downtown Annapolis with Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, and Ryan McKenna. And that's at the Susan Campbell Park, 1 Dock Street, Annapolis, uh, Maryland. All right? Um, We've got to pay some bills. You tell folks about the Costas Inn, and I'll tell them in a little bit about a few other folks. Well, last night at the Costas Inn, we saw the Rat Pack, first Friday of every month. They're there, and... uh, some great rock and roll with uh, my old high school buddy Rick Oliger, who's the head lead singer there. And uh, if you want to see a better three-piece band, I don't think you'll find it. Uh, but anyway, uh, to go to the Costas Inn, you want great food, that's the place to be. Great specials on the menu all week long. Monday night is crab cake night. Tuesday is rib night. Wednesday is uh, steak night with half-price bottles of wine. And also uh, Thursday is lobster night. We had the prime rib last night. Uh, And uh, the uh, scallops, you can get them either normal or blackened. And I would suggest the blackened scallops. Don't forget, best crab cakes, best crabs in the area. And uh, I will say this. Uh, crabs may be a little scarce for about two weeks or so. So, again, if you're going over there, you want to make sure you call and get reservations. 410-475-1975 is the number. Call the Costas Inn to reserve your crabs. Hey, today's show is sponsored by Citron Restaurant and Bar. You'll love their fresh Atlantic seafood, sushi, and thick grass-fed steaks. Their Wagyu beef burgers are to die for. That's Citron Baltimore Dot com And it's a big month for fight fans at Live Casino Hotel. Tonight, February 8th, watch John Bones Jones fight Dominic Reyes for UFC 247. Admission for the watch party starts at just $10 and includes your first drink free. Go all in with all-you-can-eat wing buffet and premium open bar for just $60. Prices go up slightly at the door, so get your tickets now at LiveCasinoHotel.com. And on Saturday, February 22nd, the Hall at Live hosts a watch party for the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight with admission being $15 and all-in tickets $75. And don't forget that Jeter Promotions presents Fight Night Boxing in the Hall 
at Live Friday, February 28th. As always, free parking for all the events. Get your tickets now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com. And we just want to tell you that uh, Real Barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskey and microbrews is available when you come to Blue Pit Barbecue in Hamden. You get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area, all made fresh and smoked every single day, open for lunch and open late. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to BluePitBBQ.com. That's BluePitBBQ.com for menus and directions. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Sliders Daily Specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all of the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. Royal Farms is known for being real fresh and real fast, but we're also real Baltimore. That's because Baltimore is our home base and our home. Like purple and black, flamingos and sunglasses, or crabs and Old Bay, our subs are real Baltimore, right down to the name. We make them fresh, delicious, and to your order, all day, every day, at a price that's easy to swallow. Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes, and their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points, good for free food, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A. 410-931-0031. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior. Go to army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at U.S. Army Baltimore. 
Uh, we are back on the bat around again, urging folks that are watching us on Facebook Live to do us a favor like the show and share the show. Right. Right? Absolutely. Quid pro quo. You do something for us and we'll do something for you. That's like, means <laughs> but we we'll have be, no idea what that is it yet. It won't include any money, though. I can <laughs> tell you that. Uh, Josh Soroka joins us now. He's an old friend and uh, still the host of Section 336, but yet he's about 1,200 miles away, I believe, in St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah, that's where he and his family are so, living so now. So basically he's doing a lot better than we are right yes, now. Yes, no yeah. question about it. The weather's nicer. Josh Soroka, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah, I think it's about uh, 30, 40 degrees warmer on most days. Good. So how, it's not bad. I'm enjoying it down here. Yeah, how are you enjoying it? Seriously, you and the family, do they like it better down there? Yes. Yes. We all know the stress of D.C. and Baltimore and the Beltway and everything. Right. Uh, none of that is here. Okay. But but the Orioles aren't there either. Uh, in a couple of days, they're going to be closer to me than you. That's true. Good point. Good point. Do you intend to go over to Sarasota? Yeah, I'll make at least one trip. It's about a three-hour drive, Ooh, so I can handle that on a, a weekend and grab a game or two. All right, that sounds and, good. And check things out. So, yeah, yeah I'll make yeah. the way over there. There's lots of uh, lots of things to look forward to there. Hey, look, if you're in West Palm, where the Nationals train, that's about the same type of thing. Three, three and a half hours across the state to get to Sarasota. Yeah, but he's so not a Nationals fan. I know, but I'm just saying. you not know, an so Astros fan. If, if, I was, if I was down covering spring training... And had to go, and, and they do play each other this year. Both so are, what in, you, are you asking him if you can stay at their house? Uh, well, it's kind of a roundabout way to. <laughs> right. It's a it's a great spot where we live, where it's about four hours to get anywhere in Florida. That's okay. That's so the I best. can cover that. All right, that sounds good. Is work going well for you down there? Your primary, uh, you know, means yeah, of support. Yeah. My day job is going is going great. It's, right. Uh, again, a whole lot less stress and a more enjoyable and, place to work. And you did finally sell your house, right? Uh, yeah, last month. Oh, well, geez. a few months ago. We sold it the day before Thanksgiving. Wow, and it took three months to close or two months to close? Yeah, I guess that's about uh, yeah, what it Yeah, something like that. It was a pain. All right. All right. Sorry about that. Now, what's the status of Section 336? You've done it for how many years with your brother, Matt, and your brother-in-law, Bert? It's been going on how long? Uh, we, I'm always stuck on the math. We've done it for 360-some weeks. So I think that means six years. That's about, going. That sounds about right, yeah. Uh, so, and yeah. and it, it, did it get interrupted at all with the move? It did not. We always said it's you're, when you tune into Section 336, it's like some guys getting together at the bar, mm -hmm. conversation. Now it's the same thing, but it's more like two guys catching up on the phone. Gotcha. So Matt and I catch up every week. Uh, I don't think we've missed anything with the move or anything, and it's it's a lot of fun because it's sometimes it's the only time I, I talk to Matt. I don't see him as much as I used to, so it's a great time where we get to catch up and also really dig into the Orioles. Now, uh, what about you had a great studio at your house outside of Severn. Uh, I mean, a great yes. studio. Were you able to recreate that in your new domicile? Uh not yet. We've got a horrible house right now that we are renting. Okay. Because we had to downsize because we were paying still for the Annapolis. Gotcha. Home. 
Gotcha. So we are building a home this summer, and part of that will be a nicer little personal studio for myself. All right, super, super. Now, there is personnel news on Section 336. It was you, your brother Matt, and your brother-in-law Bert. Bert is no longer part of Section 336? Yeah, that's, that's what it appears. People keep asking, and we've been kind of dodging the question. Uh, because we're never going to tell Bert not to come back on, but he's had lots of uh, stuff going on, starting okay. his own business and family stuff that he's been too busy. And let's be honest, the Orioles aren't the most exciting thing to talk about if you aren't uh, a diehard uh, nerd into this baseball world. So I can understand him wanting to take a break and some time off after six but, years. But he might, but, uh, he so might make he's some, always welcome back. He might make some appearances here and there. Yeah, I imagine... Probably around opening day, uh, he'll hop on for a while, I imagine, Good. and then we'll see how it goes. All right. You did this thing on opening day, right? Uh, yeah. What, what's it called? So I did this thing for You've... three years, I yeah. think, called Birdland Radio. Okay. And what that did is it got all of a bunch of like amateur podcasts together to do a 12- to 14-hour broadcast right. all together from the same studio uh, the day before or a few days after opening day. So, I don't think we're going to do that this year. I haven't figured out how to handle that yet with okay. being out of state. All right. Um, perhaps you can invite all of us next year when your house is complete and you got the new studio. We can all come stay there. Well, uh, yeah. But, of course, it's, come on, it's Orioles opening day. I'm going to come back to Baltimore for that. Okay. I'll, be in, I'll be in town at the end of March for opening day. All right. Well, maybe you can do it here. We'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, maybe we'll have to figure things out. Yeah, Uh, We're talking to Josh Soroka. Now let's move on from Josh Soroka to the Birds. What have you made of their uh, offseason to date? It's, I mean, it's kind of been what we all expected, where they're just going to dump salaries. I guess the surprise more is that the Redskins are dumping, or the Red Sox are dumping salaries. This week, because the Orioles were the team that we expected to see that. They're going to move on from Villar. They're going to talk about the farm system, talk about guys that are coming down the road, and that this year would kind of be a holdover year. Like, I, I like to say at this point, you can only go up, which I think is true, but really, I'm wondering going into this season how the team is going to handle this, is, how spring training is. Is it a chance for anyone to compete? to make the squad, or does it not matter how good Mountcastle does, uh, how good Keegan Aiken does? Are these guys not going to make it to the big league squad simply because we're waiting? Well, we we talked to Rich Dubrov a little earlier in the hour, and he was talking about how many jobs that there would be uh, open at spring training and and, and a chance for for guys to go in there and, and win some positions. And, again, a lot of this, I think, is just going to, uh, depend on, you know, you, you certainly know you got Trey Mancini there. They've got to figure out the pitching rotation to some degree. Is Alex Cobb going to really be healthy? Are they maybe going to go out and get an Andrew Kashner to help out the rotation? Uh, a lot of these things uh, are all going to be answered in the next six weeks or so. Uh, but uh, there's, there appears to be some, some pretty good competition down there for jobs. Sure, but I just don't know if it's a real competition. I don't know. I, I am hesitant to say that, that Elias is going to take the best pitchers and put them in the rotation when I feel like they're not going to want to 
bring Keegan Aiken yet and start his clock and all that. And instead, we're going to get stuck with David Hess. Well, I think the other thing yeah. you have to worry about too is is you know the old Frank Robinson adage: don't don't you know fool's gold is is uh, kind of what you try to avoid. Don't be too overexcited because somebody knocks your socks off in spring training the same way with September call-ups. And, of course, that's different this year. But uh, th- that you would see in September that you look at somebody and say, hey, you know, he's had a really good month. Let's let's take a, a, a bigger look at this later. Right, the Jake Fox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things uh, Mike Elias has said is that they sort of have in the budget money for one more – uh, player and uh, a starting pitcher, and we we would think it's in the two and a half to three and a half million dollar range, and we think that the primary target, uh, if he ends up accepting, would be Andrew Kashner. Uh, your thoughts on that? Kashner makes just too much sense. Yeah, I know he did horrible when we traded him to the Red Sox, but how much fun would it be to bring him back and trade him again and get a little something again? Right. It just makes sense as an in-and-eater guy. He did it last year for us, and I don't see why he couldn't do it again. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently, look, he had a $16 million two-year contract uh, with the Orioles, and so that sets a base of about 7 to $8 per season. I'm thinking the club is saying, hey, we'll give you two or two and a half and maybe a million in, uh, in incentives or something like that. He's balking at that, but the, the clock is ticking, and he also knows that Doug Brocal, who he's pitched pretty well under uh, twice in his career, is is waiting for him. Uh, it does almost make too much sense, doesn't it? It does for the Orioles' perspective, but yeah. you got to understand from Kashner's perspective, does he want to pitch in the ALE? Can he trust the Orioles' defense to help him out, or is he going to – be able to put up better numbers if he can go to a National League team. Yeah. Uh, the question is, we're at February the, what, the 8th today, and nobody you, – you haven't heard him really uh, chained to anybody or connected to anybody. Right. So somebody could come out of the woodwork, woodwork uh, and we'll see. But, again, the Orioles last year, and you probably if, – if you don't know the exact numbers, I just wrote a column about this for the new – print edition, which comes out in about seven or eight days. The the Orioles last year, 40 times lost by five runs or more, 57 total times, three runs or more. That means a lot of blowouts. And um, the starting pitching had those problems with Cashner pitching pretty well for the team the first three months of the year. So uh, with Means and Cobb at the head of the rotation – and with Cobb's recent injury history, doesn't take a genius to envision if Cobb blows a flat tire that that starting rotation is really, in really shambles, in yeah. shambles again. Yeah. Your thoughts? Sure, and that was the problem last year. It's going to be the problem this year. As the Orioles can score runs once in a while, it's going to be the pitching. What do you make of the uh, addition of a solid defensive shortstop, but yet one who's not a not an out automatically. He's about a 275 lifetime hitter. Uh, not a lot of power, although he did 11 home runs last year for the Reds. Uh, Jose Iglesias, I, I like the move. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I really like the move. The fans, for some reason, really liked Richie Martin. Yeah, and he was was a likable guy. 
But there were games where he would make three errors a game. And that can't, when you're going to bring up all these young pitchers, if not this season, next season, it's definitely young pitchers late in this season, maybe even the one thing they got to be able to do is trust their, their shortstop, trust the infield. Otherwise, they're going to be trying to constantly blow the ball past the, the batter, and that's not how baseball works today. You know, pitching was bad enough, and no great shortstop or center fielder is going to stop you from giving up 300-plus home runs. But you have the feeling in those 40 games that they lost by five or more runs, maybe eight or nine of them, there was a key out in those games that if it's turned up the middle of the field, the pitcher might be out of the inning. Uh, I'm not saying they're all Richie Martin or Hanser Alberto's fault, but getting better defensively with Iglesias and Hayes up the middle seems like a pretty good starting point. Yeah, it reminds me. I mean, that's what, when uh, Buck Showalter first started here in, in uh, what is that, 12, that's where that was the talk was better defense and then yep. that'll help everything out. Yeah. Paul Valley's our producer. We know you know Paul a little bit. Paul's uh, got a question for you. Hey, Josh. So we were talking a little bit about the starting rotation earlier, and the Orioles have had multiple Rule 5 picks on their opening day roster the last couple of years. They have Brandon Bailey they took in the Rule 5 draft. They took um, Michael Rucker in the Rule 5 one of these guys is going to get a crack at the rotation, if not both of them, and another one might end up in the bullpen. Are we looking at another scenario where the Orioles head north to Baltimore at the end of March with two Rule 5 picks on their roster? Uh, how do you see that playing out for the team? I, I do think they do, and I, I think that is why I say I don't see spring training as a real competition because it doesn't matter how good uh, Dean Kramer does. It doesn't matter how good Mountcastle does or Keegan Aiken because they're looking at those guys for the future. So they're going to give this Rule 5 guy a chance in the rotation because they have to. They need depth, and they need guys for the future. And uh, just like Richie Martin is now going to be in the minor leagues next year, it's not just that they are just sticking him there. They're sticking him there hoping that they're going to develop him, and he's, we're going to see him in a few years. Um, so they're going to do the same thing with these guys. I guess we can call it to be a success with Anthony, Anthony Santander as a Rule 5 success. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be still a little too early. But obviously the Orioles need prospects wherever they can get them. And if it's a Rule 5 guy, especially with the 26-man uh, opening now, you're going you're gonna to stick them in there. We're talking with Josh Soroka, Section 336. Josh, before we let you go, uh, let folks know how they can uh, find your podcast. Uh, yeah, Section 336. It's up on uh, Pressbox Online as well as Section336.com. And anything that remotely plays podcasts, you can type Section336 in and we will show up. All right. Again, it's Pressboxonline.com slash radio is the way to find Section 336. Or this program or Glenn Clark's program in the uh, in the archives. And also Ross Grimsley, we're pretty sure, is going to be back with us sometime starting in March. All right? Josh, we really appreciate it. We haven't forgotten you, and we'll stay in touch with you. Good luck with everything down there. All right? All right. Thank you. All just, right. Just a little minor league deal uh, is the fact that the former Orioles uh, left-hander, Sean Gilmartin, Signed a minor league deal with the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. So uh, he'll go to spring training and uh, 
get a look-see down there. All right. And you know what they've done with their, obviously, their pitching, so they must see something in Gil Martin. Yeah, they see a nice depth piece yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Elias and Hanser Alberto are currently at the Turf Valley Resort Cameo Ballroom, so you're probably a little late for that one, but you may not be late if you're driving near Annapolis. There's a meet-and-greet. Part of the Birdland Caravan, there's a meet-and-greet in downtown Annapolis with Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, and Ryan McKenna at 1 o'clock. It goes till 2 o'clock at the Susan Campbell Park, 1 Dock Street, Annapolis, Maryland, parking along Dock Street or in the following public garages, the Noah Hillman Parking Garage, 150 Gorman Street, Gotts Court Parking Garage, 25 Northwest Street or the Knighton Parking Garage, 1A Colonial Avenue. Tons of parking around each other there in Annapolis. And then we'll, we'll let you also know that uh, at a happy hour at Calvert Brewing Company today in Upper Marlboro with Mike Elias, Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, Brian Roberts, Hanser Alberto, and Ryan McKenna. 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock at the Calvert Brewing Company, 15850 Commerce Court, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Uh, parking is at the location. There's plenty of parking there. All right. Um, we are going to remind you that we're broadcasting from the livecasinohotel.com, the livecasinohotel.com, and we're going to make our connection with Bill Latson momentarily, correct? He's on already? Okay, I didn't see you dial the number up. All right. Again, the batter round is heard from the Live Casino Hotel studio. Let's let Craig Heiss introduce um, Bill Latson because we've arranged what we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk to Bill about. He is uh, from MLB.com, uh, covered the Washington Nationals uh, for many, many years and also the Expos before they moved to D.C., he is Bill Latson, and uh, Bill, we have a whole list of things we want to talk to you about, and uh, I'm sure you talked a little bit or maybe got together with Stan during the course of the week uh, to, to run. Yeah, we go over carefully what we're going right, to talk about. So, so let's just do something totally different <laughs> <laughs> and mess with his head a little bit. <laughs> now, I'm teasing. Good afternoon or good morning, Bill. How are you? Doing great. How about you? Good. Uh, well, you know, hey. Got to ask you something, uh, James Paxton. Uh, you look at what uh, has come about here in the last week and a half or so, and now we find out he's going to miss three to four months, right? It's a huge blow, Craig. And Craig, I've told you and Stan this many times that yes, you know they have, uh, you know, Garrett Cole. Yeah. But they need more than that, and they need uh, some starting pitching now. I mean. It's a good thing they didn't trade uh, Jay Happ, but Jay Happ is coming off a bad year. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see after Garrett Cole how well this pitching staff, uh, especially the starters, how well they go. Is there currently anybody in their system, forget about trades, forget about any kind of free agent, but, but is there anybody in their system who do you think – can step up this year and maybe take another level and, and, and open some eyes along the way? No, there is no one, unless someone comes in spring training and, you know, surprises people. But uh, the answer is no, Craig. Uh, aren't, aren't they there, need to trade for a starter. Aren't there two guys there, or I'll even throw in three, Sessa, 
Lois, Lois, Loazaga, and uh, Jordan, oh, Jordan, Monco no, Jordan no. Montgomery. No. Well, first of all, Montgomery is uh, coming off Tommy John surgery. But he, he, had, the Tom, but he had the Tommy John surgery in 17. That's he, correct. He but missed, he came back right, late last late year. Late last you don't year. Know he's going to come back this year. Right. And uh, the other guys you mentioned, well, Wysica and uh, no. The, the answer is no. They're not the answer. How about Jay Happ? Jay Happ? Yeah. I mean, he's coming off a bad year. I mean... Well, people have bad years, and sometimes they come back the next year and have good years. Look at your no. career. Look at your yeah. career, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Look, look, at how many, look at how many bad years we had with the Nationals when they first got there before, yeah. you, fi before you finally turned it around. <laughs> hey, hey, but I'm telling you, I mean... You know, they, they have the offense. I'm not impressed with the pitching staff, and uh, and that's including the relievers, too. So, But come on, Cole, I, I, Cole Severino, if he's healthy, and Tanaka is not a bad place to start. For but but you're forgetting that, uh, you know, two of those guys you mentioned, they're coming off injuries. So, uh, you know, Tanaka had the elbow surgery after uh, last year. So there's too many question marks. So what you're saying, I'm hearing you say, is the Orioles have a shot in this division. <laughs> no, they don't. But I'm just saying, I mean, they have the offense. I mean, but you know, but you guys know me. It's about going to the World Series. Are they good enough to go to the World Series? The answer is no. Okay. I disagree with you. Uh, but, again, we're talking about getting through the, the three to four months of the regular season. Scott Boris has already come out and said – he will be back well before this. Now, he's not a doctor, uh, but he did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express, Express last That's night. That's right. Um, but seriously, you're talking, when you say that, oh, are they good enough to get their World Series, if Paxton comes back healthy June 15th, there's, there's nothing going to stop them from making it to the World Series. I disagree with you. All right. I and, mean, and I, I think disagree. Jordan Montgomery is going to come back and be a serviceable pitcher. But that's, we'll see. but that's my opinion. Now, right. what do you make of um, the Red Sox? It came out yesterday, but it still hasn't been officially uh, released by the club that they're hiring Ron Renneke uh, to replace Alex Cora. Well, I think, uh, you know, he was, he was the bench coach when they won the World Series. You know, obviously, uh, you know, he has a history. You know, he's, he's been a manager. Did a great job with the Brewers for a while. Uh, I say, why not? I mean, I don't have a problem with it, and uh, hopefully, he's not mentioned in the uh, cheating scandal. So, other than that, I have to say he's he's okay. Uh, he's an okay pick, and uh, he knows the guys. So it's like uh, everything's gonna be okay. The uh, big trade, the blockbuster deal that took place this week, and then the subsequent significant deal between the Dodgers and the Angels, but the original deal, three-team deal between the Red Sox, Dodgers, and Twins, is still not official uh, because of some concerns about Brusdar Gratterall, the pitcher that went from Correct. Minnesota to Boston. You've got Boris pissed off. You've got uh, Tony Clark pissed off. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on how this has been handled and and how they get this resolved? Well, I, I think I don't have a problem with the, with the way it's handled. you got to think about who's complaining about this now. I mean, 
if, you know, the teams have to get it right. They have to take the physicals. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if uh, Mookie Betts knows he's going to L.A. and everything, but, hey, man, if, if I'm a major league team, you got to get the physicals. you got to make sure that everything's okay. And Gratterall, as, as you mentioned, has the pinched nerve in his shoulder. You got you got to get the right guys and make make sure everyone's healthy. I I don't blame the major league teams involved in this thing. Well, and the other thing is, like Stan says, there's a couple people PO'd about this. One of them's the agent, and the other one is the head of the players' union. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but Clark, but Clark makes a good point that you've got these players now. You got like about ten players combined with the Dodger yeah. deal and the Angel deal that are in limbo. Just as training camps, you know, training camps about to start. Yeah, but but but, but you have to get the physicals and everything. Yeah, you gotta get that all right first. I mean, you're not gonna make a trade just because the players' association says, "Hey, you gotta make this trade. Do it now." I mean, well, I, well, I, and, maybe, and, well, and around well, these parts, around these parts, nobody knows more about. The physicals, the, fam- the physical, and, and, and the Orioles, and, and and how much of a monkey wrench can be thrown into that than the Orioles? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they need, maybe they need, um, Bill. Maybe they need a January twenty fifth trade deadline for for three weeks or something like that. So that it would it would lessen the chance of something like this happening. Let's move on from the problems with the deal to the resolution. It sounded like the Red Sox are saying. Hey, we got some concerns about this Gratterall. We want another top ten prospect to go with Gratterall, not to replace him. It looks like the Red Sox are trying to be opportunistic and get another top prospect, and the Twins are balking at it. Might the Dodgers, who have the most to gain in this, might they step in and resolve this by throwing a a prospect Boston's way? I I don't see how. I mean, uh I mean, this is not the Dodgers' problem. I just think... Uh, well, it, do, it does become their problem if the deal doesn't go through. They want bets. I, I they want price. That, but, yeah. Yeah, but I understand that. But still, I mean, this is. I would think this would be the Twins' problem and that the Twins would like to... Uh, would would be willing to give up another player. The now, tw- I'm not saying give up a, another high, high prospect, but I mean, just give up something that... To make this deal go through. Yeah, the problem I see with that is they're they're sitting there going, "Hey, you're going to end up. The Red Sox are going to end up with Verdugo, Gratterall, and this third uh, player that you want us to give up. The Dodgers are getting Price and Betts, and all we're getting is Kenta Maeda, and we got to give up two top prospects for him. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 asking them. It seems to me that the Dodgers can come up with some 19 year old. That, that would be four years away from making it to the majors that they wouldn't have a problem giving up. That's that's the way I see it. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know how it's going to end up, but uh, no matter how you look at it, uh, if it does go through, uh, the Dodgers have a sweet deal. Bill, how do you rank uh, what Mike Rizzo did this uh, offseason in terms of putting this team together, knowing that he was going to lose Anthony, Rizzo, uh, Anthony Rendon? From a scale of one to ten, I'll give him a, a nine um, because he was able to get Strasburg back, and he was able to improve the bullpen. So I like uh, what he did, and uh, I think he's got a lot of infield depth now too. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the, the only question mark now is who's going to play third base. I mean, I know they have some candidates there, but uh, we have to wait until spring training starts. Well, I, I think Carter Keyboom's going to be given every opportunity to win that job. I'm sure he is. Hey, Bill, before we let you go, uh, news broke this week that the Mets ownership uh, has hit a snag with uh, billionaire Steve Cohn, and he is no longer going to pursue the Mets. I heard it was bad enough that Major League Baseball is not interested in having this guy be a major owner in a team that he tried to substantially change the deal at the end. Um, Your thoughts on on whether the Mets – pursue a new owner uh, selling the team to someone else? I, I think it depends on the will ponds. You know, I don't know the, the, the inside track of what's going on with the Mets, but, um, you, you know, the, the Mets have, a, as of right now, they have a bright future. And I think uh, I don't have a problem. I do not have a problem with the will ponds being the owners. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's supposed to be a great year this year. We'll see how it goes. All right, he is Bill Latson of MLB.com. Bill, we'll talk to you. You're not going to spring training, correct? I am not. All right, so we'll grab you next week, all right? You got it. Sound like a plan? Have a good week, a healthy week. All right, Bill Latson? You too. All Take right. care now. There he goes. 410. I'm starting to give a phone number you out. You are. I was starting to give a phone I haven't given a phone number out in, in about in, eight in years. decades. Eight right, years. yeah, I know. Oh, boy. I sounded yeah. like Joe Biden there for a minute could be all right um the latest edition of press box is still available for another week it's our very special press box best of 2019 issue presented by maryland sports commission on the cover we recognize lamar jackson as athlete of the year and bill Ardeen honors the inspirational mo gabba as our sports person of the year inside the issue we celebrate the top people performances and moments of the year press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores you can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com and let me talk a little bit about one of my loyal sponsors over the years and that's my friend Mark Schwartzman and Glen Burnie Transmissions. That's GBT, located right in the heart of Glen Burnie. They've only been there for 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to car dealers for a repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple. To provide excellent service at a reasonable price, go to their website at gbtonline.com to check out all of the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. That's Glen Burnie Transmissions. And today's show is also sponsored by Citron Restaurant and Bar, You'll love their fresh Atlantic seafood, sushi, and thick grass-fed steaks. Their Wagyu beef burgers are to die for. CitronBaltimore.com. We'll be back with Matt Slatus in just a couple minutes.
Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh. Real fast. Real Baltimore. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasInn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Sliders Daily Specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all of the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Dean honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. If it's happening in Baltimore sports and beyond, it's happening on Glenn Clark Radio. He is Mr. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. Glad to be back on. Ravens linebacker Matt Judon. Appreciate it, y'all. How y'all doing? He is Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Coach Mark Turgeon. You bet, guys. How you guys doing? Joe Burrow. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Coach Mike Loxley. Thanks for having me on. Jalen Stick-Smith. Thanks for having me The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, Ed? Glenn and Kyle are live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, and archived anytime. Watch Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. All right, we are back on the battle round. We want to remind you that we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studios and uh, that this hour of the battle round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Craig Heist and yours truly, Stan the Fan, and we're joined by somebody I can say is a longtime friend now. Uh, and he can't say that about many people. No, I can't because <laughs> I don't keep friends very long. His name is Matt Slatus. He ran the Aberdeen Ironbirds for over three seasons, and now he is running the ballpark of the Palm Beaches in Palm Beach, Florida, and that is Matt Slatus. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Stan. Craig, how are you guys? Good. About ready to get hopping down there, aren't you? We sure are. Business is uh, picking up, so to speak. It's it's 73 degrees here this mm. morning. We've got a lot of guys in camp for both clubs, and baseball is back. Uh, ironic, I know when you took this job, you didn't say, hey, let me go down and run the ballpark that the world champion and the, the 
the runner-up are going to be sharing. Uh, tell us a little bit about the facilities and how much it's a share and how much each team has their own individual areas. You know, we sit here on, on 160 acres just west of Palm Beach Island, right in West Palm. Uh, it's, it's quite the complex when you, you step back and look at it. One of my favorite things to do is look at the satellite view in Google Maps because on these 160 acres we've got 12 baseball fields plus a main stadium. We've got over 40 acres worth of natural lakes. We've got batting cages, pitching mounds, pitching tunnels. We even have five soccer fields. So you name it, we can accommodate it when it comes to sports and events. But it's an unbelievably special place. The Astros have their side of the complex that has their major league clubhouse, their minor league clubhouse, team offices, weight rooms, hydrotherapy. The Nationals have the same thing on the other side of the complex. They've got a a turf agility field. The Nationals also have actually Major League Baseball's only outdoor swimming pool. Hmm. So they're able to use that for injury rehab. Um, for some cardio work. It's quite the complex. It's quite the site. And, and both those Nationals fields and Astros fields bookend our 8,500-seat ballpark, state-of-the-art with a 360-degree wraparound concourse. No bad seat in the house here. And it's just a great place to come out and see the Astros and the Nats. And then, obviously, all the visiting teams that spring training brings. So we'll actually have the Orioles here this year for the first time. Yep. Um, we've got the Rays coming out. We've got the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox. It's just going to be a great season. So how many times do the Astros and the Nats play each other, I guess, to cut down on the logistics and the cost of travel and just the, more of the logistics than the cost? Well, I can tell you that they both start the, they uh, open the, s- they open the spring training season yeah. yeah, against each other. They do. So Saturday night, February 22nd, we've been jokingly calling it Game 8. The Astros are the home team that night, so we'll have the American League Championship trophy here. And then Sunday afternoon, the 23rd, so they play each other back-to-back. The Nationals are the home team on Sunday, the 23rd, and we'll have the World Series trophy here. And both of those games are actually going to be carried live nationally on MLB Network. So you'll be able to see a rematch of of the World Series, the 2019 World Series, February 22nd and 23rd on on the network. So over the course of the four and a half weeks of games, do they play each other five or six times? Five times. Five times. Yeah, five times. All right. Um, Everybody tends to think of your job at a facility like this, and you did this out in Surprise, Arizona, with the White Sox and the Dodgers. You ran a facility like this. Um, Compare and contrast the two facilities. How many acres was that facility out there? So this location in Florida is a bit larger. What you had going in Arizona was very much the desert landscape, so a lot of cacti, a lot of unique plants. Um, Gila monsters. Yeah, exactly. And what we have here is a a, a true impression of Florida. So the building is it's gorgeous, and it's whitewash. It matches what you might see on Palm Beach. We've got palm trees throughout the complex. When you, you turn into the facility off Haber Hill Road, you probably see 50 royal palms. So you know where you are. Yeah. And I think guys love being down here, players in the off season working out, because we have virtually 365 days a year of great weather. Uh, I know you guys have both been down to the Palm Beaches. Fantastic restaurants, fantastic nightlife, great hotels. It's a great place to train. 
so what I was alluding to when I asked you that question and I didn't finish up the rest of the question is people tend to think, boy, that's a neat job. All he has to do is spring training opens, you know, February 7th and it closes March 20, 21st or 22nd. And then he's got the rest of the year to do nothing in running, oh, a faci- in running a facility. How wrong is that perception? So I think it goes to the perception of what the the true major and minor league baseball seasons actually look like. So uh, on the player side, we've had guys here for weeks already. And in reality, outside of 30 baseball games and two weeks of of camp prior to spring training, this facility itself hosts about 225 non-spring training events a year. So everything from youth sports to weddings and bar mitzvahs to collegiate baseball tournaments. We've got bids in right now for NCAA events. Last weekend we worked with the NFL and the Super Bowl host committee to host a, a, our first ever beer festival here. We actually brought the 1973 Miami Dolphins Lombardi Trophy wow. up to the ballpark last yeah. week. So there is so much going on 12 months a year, and both of these clubs use Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches as their medical rehab hubs. So we've got medical and training staff here 12 months a year. We've got baseball ops staff here 12 months a year, and we also have two Gulf Coast League teams, one for the Astros and one for the Nationals that play here in the summer. So maybe we get Christmas Day and New Year's Day off, but I would say we are truly a 363-day, 24-7 venue uh, for the Astros and the Nationals. Well, so my responsibilities definitely stretch across 12 months. In, in terms of uh, any kind of promotional-type stuff that's coming up during spring training uh, for either the Nats or the Astros, what's uh, the, some of the things that maybe jump off the screen at you? So we'll definitely have that World Series trophy here Um leading up the week two spring training and then also through the first two games of the year for the Astros, the 23rd and 20, or for the Nationals, rather, the 23rd and 24th. The Astros will have their American League Championship trophy here on the 22nd. Uh, If you're a Florida resident, come on down with your Florida ID. Buy one, get one free tickets during the entire month of February. We will be hosting the Florida Gators versus Florida Atlantic in a a doubleheader, actually, the day the Orioles are here to play the Nationals. So Tuesday, March 3rd at 1 o'clock, the Nationals host the Orioles in a little bit of a uh, Beltway showdown. And then later that night in a split doubleheader, Florida Atlantic versus the Florida Gators right here. So you can make a nice doubleheader baseball day there and, and hang around for the rest of the week to see some great Nationals baseball, too. Um, we're looking forward to it. A lot of fireworks on weekends. The Yankees will be here on March 12th, the Red Sox on March 14th. And we end the season here Sunday, March 22nd. The Nationals host the Cardinals. The Budweiser Clydesdales will be here. Always one of the best days of the spring training year and and break camp from there. Um, You've got quite a year, uh, you know, a calendar the whole entire year. Is it so busy and nonstop? that spring training starting isn't as special as one would think for you, or is it still sort of the most special time of the year? To me, Stan, there is no time of year better than this one. I I just spoke to a group of ushers and, and ticket takers and shuttle drivers this morning, and that was the first thing I said to them was, Speaking to them means we're, we're flipping a switch and mm-hmm. baseball is here. And if you, if you can't get up and be excited about working the next 50 days in a row, you're in the wrong. Assess Mike Rizzo's offseason. You know, I think 
and, and it, there's some similarities here to what he did last year uh, with Bryce Harper, and that one obviously dragged on into spring training. But he basically said, okay, we're going to go address all the other needs that we have. And if he comes back, he comes back, and if not, we'll make do. And he kind of did the same thing. Now, again, Rendon signed a lot earlier than Bryce did. But I think what I give Rizzo credit for is he said, okay, what do we really need here? We need to fortify the bullpen, obviously. And he went out and got Will Harrison and brought back Daniel Hudson. Uh, what else did they need? They needed a second baseman. Uh, he got Castro. They needed a left-handed first baseman. They got Thane. They brought back Cabrera. They brought back Kendrick. They brought back the catchers. So I think what they're trying to do here is say, you can't just replace Anthony Rendon with one guy. Um, uh, unless they were going to go all in on Josh Donaldson, and, and if they had done that, maybe they wouldn't have been able to make some of the other moves they made. So instead they're saying, let's try to find a bunch of guys who can do a bunch of different things. They can play multiple positions. They can bat different spots in the order. And we're going to give Davey as many options as we have and try to make the most of it that way. And then, you know, no, the, none of those guys is going to produce like Anthony Rendon, and they're obviously going to miss him. But the idea would be that with all these veteran hitters and keeping everybody fresh by giving them regular days off because you have all this depth, that maybe you can still be a productive offense. You know the team is built behind your starting pitching and now hopefully an improved bullpen, so maybe you're winning games a little differently this year. So I give them credit for saying we're going to try to do this a little differently uh, and not feel like you had to replace Rendon one for one. We'll see if it works. We don't know. I mean, Keyboom is going to be a huge part of this equation if he's ready for the job or not. To me, the real question with him is defense more than anything else. I think everybody believes he will hit, whether it's you know right off the bat as a rookie or down the road. Mm-hmm. But defensively, there have been questions about him no matter what position he plays, and he has very little experience at third base. So that's probably what I'm watching for the most and what I think they're going to be looking at the most. How does he handle that? And if it's not him, where else do they turn at third base? Well, you you wrote a column this week for uh, MassInSports.com that uh, talks a little bit about Dave Martinez and Mike Rizzo and the fact that both of their contracts are up after this year. Now, it would be hard for me to imagine <laughs> coming off a World Series win and so many trips to the postseason under Rizzo that either one of these two guys would be in pro, you know, in trouble. But it's something you have to obviously ask yourself after this uh, 2020 season, what happens uh, with these two guys? Yeah, unfortunately it feels like we've been in this spot before, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, even, though, even though Rizzo has been in the job now for uh, 11 seasons, remarkably. Wow. Um, he's never really had long-term securities. They've been shorter-term uh, deals with options or extensions along the way. And look, they've always come through with that deal for him at some point. And uh, I look back at the last one. Uh, he was entering his, his last year. This is in 2018. And they worked out a deal and announced it on opening day in early April. So that's a little bit of a roadmap there of what could happen again. Um, the lawyers are too smart. They know they would be nowhere without Mike Rizzo. Mm-hmm. And unless something has changed as far as his desire and interest in doing this and being here, I do think that'll get done at some point. Uh, and in Davies' case, it's a little bit different because they do have a contract option on him for 2021, which they can pick up at any point. And again, 
yes, they could wait till the end of the season and then do it then, but you want that looming over your team. Um, no, you, you don't want to have that. For a team that has never had a manager survive three full seasons, you know, Davey, barring some kind of disaster, is going to become their longest tenured manager this summer. When That's it gets right. Two and a half years. Do, that, do, it's do, crazy that that would be considered an achievement, but for this organization it is. Well, yeah, you could just go ahead and pick up his option and just do it the simple way. Or you can say, you know what, after all these years of trying to find the right manager, we got our guy. He won the World Series. Everybody loves him. Let's lock him up long term. Let's not make this an issue again for a long time. It would be out of character for them, for the Lerner family to do that. But they just did something that they've never done before in winning a World Series. But it's time to find out if they are willing to start handling things differently when it comes to their manager. We're broadcasting from the live Casino Hotel studio. We're talking to the MassonSports.com's Washington Nationals beat writer, Mark Zuckerman. Mark, I'm just curious, the the learners, the the old man and the son, do either of them have a long marriage, or are they used to, like, divorcing, you know, several No, they've both been married for a long time. Yeah, it just (laughs) seems like they're very antsy on... You know, it seems like Rizzo would deserve like a five-year contract, you know, that they would right. say, hey, this guy, we we tested him, he's come through, and, uh, you know, and I, I get the manager, you don't necessarily need a five-year deal, a three-year deal seems appropriate. A um, couple quick questions I've got for you. What are you going to be looking for from Max Scherzer when you get down that will tell you that, hey, he's the Max Scherzer? Well, if history is any indication, we're going to see him on the very first day of spring training throwing about a 60-pitch bullpen session, grunting and cursing and uh, you know, looking like he's all ready to go. That, that's who he is, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fun thing to watch and experience. Now, I mean, you would think if ever there was a time to dial it back, this would be the year, but Max himself has maintained over the winter when we've spoken to him um, that nothing is going to change, that he was checked out by the doctors, after the season, everything is good to go, and, and he wants to approach this year the same way he has every other. This guy knows his body, his body better than anyone I've ever covered yeah. in the big league. So he's not going to put himself at risk. Um, but let's be honest. I mean, he went through some things last year that he never has in his career before, right up in, into the World Series. Where I mean, think about if he had somehow not been able to take the ball for Game 7, what would be talking about today it might be a completely different yeah, story right so i do think as he now gets into his age 35 season turning 36 these are things that he has to be a little more aware of um how to keep himself on the field for the long haul and maybe that does mean dialing it back sometimes i don't expect that to be the case though uh i fully expect him on the first day of camp to be all in all the way um this is who he is it's worked really well for him in his career and uh, I guess if anybody deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Max Scherzer. Two more quickies from me, and that is, who gets the predominance of the saves this year? Is it Doolittle? Is it a mix between Doolittle and um, Hudson uh, Hudson, uh, with Harris even getting a couple here or there? The sense I get is that it is Doolittle's job. Yep. But because of the depth they have now that they did not have a year ago, uh, Davey can uh, can afford to, to ease off the, the gas pedal there. You know, part of the whole issue last year was that because they had so many problems in the seventh and eighth inning early on, Doolittle had to pitch more than they ever would have wanted him to. Yeah. 
And so by July and August, he was gassed, and he had to go on the injured list himself and take a breather. So um, I think they do believe that he is the guy, that he is best suited to pitch the ninth inning. But if it means uh, Hudson getting a save or two opportunities a week, if it means Harris getting one, they're going to be more than comfortable doing that and giving Doolittle the days off to make sure that he's there at the end. I think that was a key part of their strategy here was not just acquiring relievers who can help uh, set Doolittle up, but who can also step in and close and pitch the ninth because both guys have. Obviously, Hudson did it tremendously for them last year. So that gives them the options, but I do think they want to identify Doolittle as the main closer with those other two guys as the fill-ins. Well, my, my last question, real quick, let me just finish. I was going to say, we know that Hudson can throw his glove further yeah. than anybody else. <laughs> my last question, though, was, I know a team doesn't win just because of home runs. Are there when you look at the the position players, do you think there's enough home runs there right now? Obviously, losing Rendon, that that is going to be uh, you know an issue. And they were so good last year in the playoffs at sustaining rallies, mm-hmm. but also some of the most important hits. They don't they don't win the World Series without home runs by Rendon and Soto and Kendrick. So you have to have that in you. Um, I think the answer here is that they may not have, other than Soto, that one big Mm 30-plus homer guy, but Starlin Castro, late in the season last year for the Marlins, changed his swing, started pulling the ball, and hit like 11 homers in the last 36 games. Hmm. So they're looking at him as maybe being able to do that. Eric Thames is a slugger who can do that. Um... I think Trey Turner is just kind of scratching the surface of what he can yeah. be as a hitter. He hit 19 homers last year despite missing, what, six, seven weeks with his broken finger, and then he's played the rest of the year without really that finger at, at full strength. He may end up as their number three hitter. That's a question that's going to come up in spring training with Rendon gone. Turner could actually end up being that guy, and if so, you may see a guy who could hit 25-plus homers. And then the other one to watch is Victor Robles, who I also think is sort of primed to step up um, and do more this year than we saw last year. I thought he had a solid rookie year, especially defensively. But I think they're going to ask more of him now, maybe hitting higher in the lineup. And he's the guy who can hit 20-plus homers as well. So I think the answer there is you may only have one true uh, you know, big-time power guy in Soto, but I think you may have four, five, six guys who are in that, you know, certainly 20 homers capable range, uh, and that they just may have to spread out the power instead of relying on a couple of guys. Mark, last question for me, and that has to do, and I, it's more of a getting your opinion on it. We go back to Dave Martinez. Now, when he was hired and we were on that press conference in the Nats clubhouse when he, when he was hired, and they all talked about World Series or bust, it's not good enough just to get to the playoffs, that kind of thing. And then he turns around in his first year, and they're two games over 500. They start the next year out 19 and 31 before they finally get in gear and get to the playoffs. I always tell people to win a title, you got to be good, but you also have to be lucky. And when you stop to think about some of the bounces of the ball, the amount of two out runs they scored coming down the stretch and throughout the playoffs, the amount of runs they scored from the seventh inning on, and now Davey comes back for his third year. I mean, there there could have been a time from that 19 and 31 where they could have ran him out of town. Everybody wanted to, but the learners and Mike Rizzo stood right by his side and, and gave him the confidence, the vote of confidence. 
What do you think that means to Davey? Well, I, uh, it kind of speaks to that, that question we are talking about before of um, would now be the time for them to say, hey, you're our manager for the long term. Right. I mean, he, he, what he did last year, I don't think anybody can now question his methods. Yeah, maybe there's some in-game decisions that sometimes you scratch your head at a little bit, but his ability to motivate players, to keep them together during bad times, that's, that's yeah. what everyone marvels at. And it's why, even though so many people were, were calling for a change at 1931, I just wasn't getting the sense from within the clubhouse that that was likely to happen because everybody stuck together. It, you know, we've both seen uh, teams that the manager loses the clubhouse, and, and you can tell when that happens. That never happened in 2018 or early in 19. Obviously, it didn't happen the rest of last year. So th- that's his biggest strength, and um, now it's a question of what is this year's motivating factor? How does he push the right buttons? to get everyone to stay in that mindset. Say, hey, we already won a World Series. Well, what's the goal now? Obviously, he's trying to repeat, but that's really hard to do. And when you've had all these guys for so many years getting close but not getting over that hump, they finally do it, you've got to find this new motivation this year. I think he's going to keep preaching the let's go 1-0 and every day mantra, which worked so well for them. But they're going to have to find another tone to set as well um, to keep that edge and to say that, um, look, I think most people would agree if they just have a decent season and they don't win the World Series, or is everybody going to be upset by it? Probably not. We're still basking in the glow of last year. But internally, they have to find that motivation yeah. um, to, to say, we still need to strive for that, to do that again. Uh, and it's up to the manager to kind of figure out how best to set that tone and what buttons to push to try to get everyone moving in that direction. It's amazing because the... Uh, uh, when, when you think about just that message, and sometimes the message from the manager does get old, Mark, but, I mean, really, there's no other way to really look at it in the game of baseball than it is a day-by-day type of thing. So from that standpoint, he was absolutely right about it, no matter how much maybe you get tired of hearing it. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we would joke about it, we'd scoff at it, we'd roll our eyes sometimes when he'd say that, but it really worked. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is you're hearing people around the sports world. I've, I've seen people in other leagues and in other sports kind of reference that and say, yeah, I like that. That makes sense. It really does apply universally. Um, and it's, it's such a simple idea when you think about it, but it's hard to put into practice and it's hard to actually maintain that. And in baseball, it's more important than any other. The beauty of the game, and one of the reasons I love covering it, is that it doesn't afford you time to look back much or to look ahead too much there's always another game to play the next day and so if your mindset is hey let's just go one and oh today and try to win today's game that's a pretty good way to go about it pretty good way to go about life if you think about it he is mark zuckerman a very fine baseball beat writer for massinsports.com i read you all the time mark and i really do mean that when i say if you do a fine fine job Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Safe travels down to the uh, the Palm Beaches. Okay. Thanks. All right. There you have it. Um, I want to talk to you about something right here. and You want me to hold it up? Yeah. Can you hold it I up? Can I can over to your screen. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then I can just read this thing. There you go. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand-new 
Most Valuable Protectors T-shirt, MVP, which recognizes how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. The shirt is available in white and gray for just $25, and a long sleeve shirt is now also available for $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. And I want to be very clear right now, Nikki and Bradley Bozeman, and there's a story on the press box uh, homepage, yeah. the homepage, and on the website. Uh, but the press box homepage, a story Channel 2, Sean Stepner did, of the Bozemans getting ready for their trip. They have now left and are on a six-and-a-half-week cross-country journey that's going to see them talk to over 16,000 kids in school to talk about stopping bullying, okay, and the part that each and every one of us. Look, I went to school. I probably was bullied by some. I probably bullied some. Uh, didn't realize how bad a behavior it was when I was a kid, but it is really awful to treat people this way, and it has its um, it's it has its uh, uh, hands all over uh, some suicides, uh, online suicides of people that were bullied. So again, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman are doing a great great job uh, at this. Uh, Craig. Um, why don't you tell folks about the Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard and why the place is so special? Well, some of the best food in town. There's no question about it. Great specials on the menu. Like what? Each and every day of the week. Monday, crab cake night. Tuesday's rib night. Wednesday is lobster night. night. No, Wednesday's steak night. Steak night, I'm sorry. Yes, with, with half-price half price bottles, bottles of wine. wine. Thursday is lobster That's night. That's Jane's favorite. Right, and you can get it either plain or stuffed with that great crab imperial uh, live entertainment, jazz night on Wednesday, uh, rock and roll throughout the week uh, on Fridays and Saturday. Uh, Do you still sing on Friday nights once in a while? Every now and then, yeah. 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 My, my, me and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really the reason you'll go, yeah, that's, that's not one of the reasons you'll go, but right. uh, nonetheless. Listen, they're located at 4100 North Point Boulevard. We talk about them twice a week, every week. I've loved the the Costas Inn and the Triantafilos family. They just celebrated, uh, Costas and uh, Mrs. T just celebrated, is it 66 years? 66, I think. Wow. wow, they married when they were teens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, seriously, it's a great family restaurant. Nick and Pete will treat you right, and the staff there is fantastic. Since 1971. Unbelievable. Uh, if you are going and want crabs, don't forget to call ahead to reserve crabs and uh uh, Craig Heist is mentioning that there might be a little shortage in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, could, be, could get right. a little dicey. But, but there'll be plenty of crab cakes yeah, and oh crab yes. soup. 410-477-1975. One last commercial from me. It's a big month for fight fans at Live Casino Hotel. Tonight, February 8th, watch John Bones Jones fight Dominic Reyes for UFC 247. Admission for the watch party starts at just $10 includes your first Drink free. Go all in with all-you-can-eat wing buffet and premium open bar for just $60. Prices go up slightly at the door, so get your tickets now 
at LiveCasinoHotel.com for tonight's event. Then two weeks hence, on February 22nd, the Hall at Live hosts a watch party for the most anticipated heavyweight championship fight in years, the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder rematch. Admission is $15, and all-in tickets are $75. And don't forget that Jeter Promotions presents Fight Night Boxing in the Hall at Live Friday, February 28th. As always, free parking for all events. Get your tickets now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com. Back to close things out in a couple. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? Go to Army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at U.S. Army Baltimore. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very special Pressbox Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Ardine honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering, for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410-931-0031. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Brett the Hitman Hart. Good to be on the show. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Broken Matt Hardy. Excellent. The bad guy, Scott Hawk. Mm, hey, yo. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. 
All right, back in the live casino hotel studios for just a couple minutes to say goodbye. Yes, sir. No, I'm just, uh, our producer here is uh, getting married well over a year. That's one way to put it, but yeah. uh, yeah. So congratulations. Well, how would you put it? Chain, chain, no, getting getting ready to throw his life away. Yeah, but thank we, God we, some people don't view marriage that we, quite We that love him. We love him anyway. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Paul no, Valley doing a great job here running the show. No, it reminds, reminds me of the, uh, the line from the whole Hollywood Squares where Peter Marshall asked Paul Lynn. Paul, so what's, what's, so what's, the, Paul Lynn. what's the penalty for bigamy? And he said, <laughs> two mother-in-laws. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, have you figured out yet, have you looked at your schedule, whether you're going to be able to fill in for me on March the, hold on, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th? I think it's the 7th. I am thinking. 4th is Wednesday, 5th, 6th, 7th is Saturday, right? March 7th? I'll be here, Craig. We ha- we'll have a lot of fun. March oh, great. the 7th. Look, look at this schedule here. It's got such a right complex here. schedule. Well, it is. What do you want? Uh, yeah. No, I got Georgetown Villanova. Okay. It's the seventh, right? Yep, the seventh. Yeah, no, I got I got Georgetown Villanova at noon that day, right. and that's right at the end of the. Uh, and obviously, that's a bigger game for right. Villanova. Looks like Paul is going to be hosting his first show. All right, <laughs> sounds Look good. And he's smiling. He's smiling. Can I'm you, ready, man. Just give me some time. Can you run the board and host the show at the same time? I'm certain I could do it. Okay. All right. We'll have to get you a co-host, though. We'll get you a co-host. I'll make some calls. All right. Um, all right, that's going to wrap us up. I apologize for that. That's so. quite all right. Your mm-hmm. life can't your life can't center around my needs. Okay. Yeah. But that's why you, uh, this, that'll be your last show, show. the week before that. <laughs> the week be- right. Well, I won't be here next week either. So, <laughs> All right. Um, we thank you for watching. Still not too late to share the program. Please, if you're watching right now at the very end, like and share the show. We understand we had a little bit of a, uh, what's it called, a kerfuffle? A kerfuffle uh, for about five minutes during Mark Zuckerman's injury that didn't appear on injury. Uh, Interview. 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 It it turned out to be our injury. (laughs) I gave the number out. Yeah. I used that word injury for interview. Yeah. It's slipping away ever so slightly. Maybe I should come in and do this show that week. Yeah, I think you should. should. And every week thereafter. Uh, Seriously, like and share the program. We appreciate it. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer, Monday through Friday. A whole host of other things happening, too. Uh, That's going to wrap us up for this weekend. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again next Saturday on the Battle Round. Like and share the show, everybody.